If we think about all the possible messages Elon could share based in and upon the vast amount of time he has spent assisting entrepreneurs over his 20 years building Racecorp, when I stepped into the studio to record this episode, knowing that it was going to be the last lesson in the series, I was extremely interested to know what Elon was going to share. Once again, he didn't disappoint, and I hope you take as much from this lesson as I have. I'm Gareth Armstrong, and this is a Razor's Edge podcast. Today we're talking about legacy and how you think about legacy. And I suppose when you start a business, the last thing you're thinking about is legacy. And at some point on the journey, you start thinking about, well, what's this all for? And if you've got family, generally you're thinking about what's this going to do for the family, whether you want your kids to take over the business or you want to sell the business and the money that is derived from that business and other businesses uh, to be handed down to your kids and your grandkids to leave a so-called legacy. And when you speak to entrepreneurs, legacy is not just monetary. You know, it might be that they you leave a, a wing in a in a hospital or in an institution, a university, which is named after you. So I find the concept of legacy quite egocentric. And so I've been thinking about legacy quite a bit over the last couple of years. And I, of course, like anyone else, when you're thinking about something, you're trying to understand its definition. And in preparation for this podcast, I went to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary to trying to understand what they think about legacy. And this is what they say. The legacy is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. It's a gift of will, especially of money or other personal property. So once again, the, the definition is that I'm going to hand something to you. But then when you look at Chinese proverbs, the Chinese say that family wealth does not even last three generations. The first generation makes the money, the second generation spends it, and the third sees none of that wealth. And so when you look at further research, specifically from the Williams Group, who are based in the U.S., they deal with big family wealth. And their research shows that 70% of wealthy families in America lose their wealth by the second generation and 90% by the third generation. And here's an interesting thing. I, th I found this fascinating, that the average person who inherits money will buy a car within 19 days. So is this the kind of legacy that you are trying to leave behind, that you kick the bucket and your child then goes and buys a Ferrari? You know, Is that what legacy means to you? Is that the family legacy? 90% lost by the third generation. That is a shocking statistic for so many reasons. But Alon is making a point. If leaving money behind is all we think about when we consider legacy and inheritance, we're doing ourselves, our children, and generations that are to follow a massive disservice. Let's listen to how Alon has challenged his thinking, and then let's return to the statistic. So for me, I, I am thinking about this in, in a slightly different way. The issue for me is around the concept of just handing over something to your kids. 
that they get it that easy. Yes, I've been lucky. I've been very, very fortunate in terms of the mentors that I've met on the way. But nothing was handed to me. I've been in the, the entrepreneurial struggle. I've owed millions and millions without ever knowing how I was going to pay that back. Having month ends where I didn't know how I was going to find money to pay salaries or rent or things, you know, even at home. So when I sit in a place where I have the ability now to create a legacy, I understand the power of that struggle, the power that that struggle gives you in terms of you feeling a sense of confidence and self-worth in your journey as an entrepreneur. So I struggle as, as a father thinking about whether my kids need intervention in their life, whether me providing a inverted commas legacy, which is in the Merriam-Webster version, is handing over inheritance, whether that is going to damage my kids, damage my family, what's going to serve them. Do I intervene? Do I let them go through their own struggle? Or do they land up with a different struggle, which is their self-esteem, that they've never worked for what they've received. And so at some level, that might affect their self-esteem. And I think like many people are thinking about what to do with their kids in terms of inheritance or not, and how to continue the legacy. And given the fact that, as we said, 70% of Families don't see the retention of wealth in, t in the second generation. It's a very difficult as a father to think about legacy, especially from an inheritance perspective. And yet there are many examples that I have seen. In fact, even have friends who are third and one is even a fourth generation uh, business where they, their great-grandfather started the business and they are now the CEO of that business. And they, in my opinion, are deserving. They've taken that business. They've navigated the different challenges that each generation faces. And they've taken the business from strength to strength. So it doesn't mean that if you hand your children an inheritance or a business that you know they're going to mess it up. There are success cases. But for me, I've decided that I'm not going to think of legacy in a financial way. I'm not going to think of legacy in handing down a business to my kids. I'm going to think of legacy in terms of a set of values, a set of life tools, a good education, and the knowledge that somebody actually believes in them. I think for me, if my children know that I believe in them, they're well-educated, They've got a set of life tools that can help them navigate many of the challenges that they are definitely going to have in their lives and a set of values that's going to give them direction in, in really tough times and tough decisions. I think then I've handed down a good legacy. So Alon is beginning to show his hand. And what are we seeing? Imagine what would happen if all of that wealth was passed on to children that had been prepared for it. One might be able to then argue that the real wealth is in fact what Alon is describing, and then that any material inheritance that has been passed on becomes a mechanism to reveal if true wealth has in fact been transferred. Here's an interesting test. 
what would your children do with any substantial sum if it were to come to them right now? Let's rejoin Alon as he shares the legacy he and his wife are working to instill in their boys. I've put down five, which I've discussed with my wife, and we have agreed that if we get these five things right with my boys, we have handed down a great legacy to them. The first is the idea of working first and playing later. We have been drilling that into our boys since they were two or three. It's actually become a rule in the family. And every time there is even the idea that they might want to go out and in commas play, they look at me, I look at them and they go, I know, work first, play later. And the second legacy I leave to my boys is exposure to business. And I expose them not just in terms of the language and the concepts of business, cash flow, HR issues, that the idea of a budget, all these different business concepts, but more importantly, I include them in meetings with other business people. When I have business dinners, when people come from overseas or from elsewhere in the country for dinner, they sit at the table and they are required to sit and ask questions if they don't understand anything. I allow them to participate. And after the guest leaves, I always ask them, so what did you learn from tonight? Related to that is the third legacy, which I would like to leave to my boys, and that is exposure to all cultures. Based on the work that I do, I get to travel a lot and I meet lots of new people and make lots of new friends across the world and often they will come to South Africa and they will be invited for dinner. And what I do with my boys is that if uh, someone is coming from a different country, I get them to research that country, to understand the history of that country, to understand the different cultural elements of that country and then to create a set of questions that are authentic questions to ask at dinner. And in particular, I'll give you an example. Um, we recently had somebody out from Côte d'Ivoire who's actually stayed at us. Côte d'Ivoire's been through a civil war. What's it like to live through a civil war was a question. How did uh, it affect business? How did it affect your family? I see that you've got a home in Paris. Is that related to the fact that there was a civil war in Côte d'Ivoire? How did that work? And that kind of inquisitive inquiry is incredibly important for them to develop as young men. So, exposure to all cultures. Do you hear what an active process this is? These are not mere hopes and wishes, nor is Alon and his wife looking to others to educate their children. And if we are not doing this, someone or something is absolutely filling that void. Rather, these are deep, considered desires that are consistently being pursued within the walls of their home. Number one, work first, play later. Number two, exposure to business and not just business concepts. And number three, exposure to and appreciation of many cultures. Let's now find out what the other two are. The fourth legacy I wish to provide my kids is the understanding that they always have to get up again. There's not one person I know that hasn't been knocked down in life. 
there's actually not one person I know that hasn't been knocked down many times in life. But there is a distinct difference between the, the mental model of people who get knocked down and use it as an excuse. And it, um, in this way, because of that, they become victims of that situation, the victims of that circumstance. And then there are others that turn that around and use the power of that struggle when they get up again to power them forward to the next level in their life. So every time my boys get knocked down, whether it's on a social level at school because that's, I suppose, what happens or they don't get picked for a certain team or whatever the case may be, the whole narrative in the home at the time is about how do we use this, what do we learn from this. I still allow them to, inverted commas, mourn the situation. It's very important that I don't dismiss the situation. But once there has been a period of mourning, then there has to be a period of learning. And then the power needs to be derived from that knockdown, from that setback. The power to get up again is the legacy I want to leave my boys. And finally, the fifth one is about being kind and respectful. This might seem like a trite value to try and embed in, in your kids. As I think every parent would like their kids to be kind and respectful. But I particularly focus on the kind part. Because especially today in, in our culture, it's, there's a lot of cruelty from a social media perspective where people gang up on other people, that they don't... Uh, empathize with somebody who's being victimized or bullied. And for me, my boys have been brought up to take the side of the victim, to empathize with their situation. And even in a situation where it's what, what seems to be very obvious that somebody who has done something bad is now being attacked or being criticized, I ask them the question, what do you think is going on in their mind? Why do you think they possibly thought it was okay to do that? What could have caused them to think that that was a good idea at the time? And as you open up that conversation, they realize that situations are more complex. They're not just black and white. They're not binary. There's often nuance and that people do things and react and act in ways based on a very, very nuanced circumstances and personal values. And it's for them to get and gain that empathy that I think will be critical for them to be good people who will navigate the world in the future. A near-deafening message that is being broadcast on seemingly every channel and platform is that we are all victims in some form or another. There are even some groups that take this to the very extreme. And while traumatic events do occur and pain and suffering is a reality, we need to teach our children, at minimum through our own example, that all people fall, but winners are those that rise and rise again. As Alon said, there is power on offer in learning and overcoming setbacks and challenges. In other words, there's power on offer in those moments where we are given the choice, are we a victim or are we going to rise? And then, if we do this with kindness in our hearts, the scales of ego and self-centeredness fall from our eyes, especially when we are equipped with the other tools and ways of thinking Alon shared earlier. Of course, I'm saying we, us, you and I, and that is simply because it seems highly unlikely that we are able to transfer or give something to our children, 
that we do not ourselves possess. What I really am asking my kids in their teens is what kind of legacy do they wish to leave? And to ask somebody in their teens about what legacy they wish to leave their kids perhaps is a little too early. But it's very interesting when you engage them with that question as to how they think about that and they start to then reflect on their upbringing and say what they want to take with them to their next generation and what they don't. And in that conversation, a rich understanding of their world and my world and my wife's world becomes present in the, in the family. And so the ultimate legacy that I want to leave is the fact that my children leave a great legacy for their children and their children's children. Alon has clearly invested time into thinking carefully about legacy. Our hope is that this podcast episode will offer you a starting point for your own thinking about what you are passing on right now, as well as what remains when you are no longer around. For more podcast series like this one, head over to racecorp.com. There you will also find the opportunity to sign up for notifications to stay updated on new releases. In addition to this, follow RaceCorp on your favorite social media platforms where you'll find additional updates on what topics we are covering next. A spoiler from me, it's a good one. (laughs) My name is Gareth Armstrong and I'll see you then.